7 o'clock. I call to order the October 10th Franklin School Committee meeting. Meetings are recorded by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29, as well as recorded by Franklin Matters. Any individual who also wishes to record this meeting must notify the chair in accordance with Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 38, Section 20F. At the conclusion of our meeting, we'll be adjourning to executive session and will not be returning to open meeting. All right, first, oh, I thought you were doing a thing, sorry. All right, <laughs> first, um, we have our Pledge of Allegiance student. Annie, if you wouldn't mind coming up to the microphone. Oak Street School is proud to introduce fifth grader Annie Interante to lead us in tonight's Pledge of Allegiance. Annie is the older sister to second grader James and daughter to Maura. Annie's teachers have asked her to represent Oak Street tonight because of how well and how often she demonstrates our core value of never giving up. As a school community this fall, Oak Street is working on awarding the Never Give Up Acorn to students. Annie recognizes that never giving up means to work very hard, be persistent, and always do your best. Annie shared that even if she doesn't always reach her goal, she is proud to have tried her best. Annie's favorite parts about Oak Street School are her friends and her teachers. She lists literacy as her favorite subject because she loves to read and write her own stories. In her free time, Annie likes to play basketball and board games with her family. When she grows up, Annie knows she wants to be a teacher. She shared that she is surrounded by great teachers in her life, including both grandmothers, her aunt, and her mom. Annie, if you wouldn't mind leading us all in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Annie, thank you so much for coming out tonight. <laughs> As is customary, we will now pause for a moment of silence. Thank you, everyone. Annie, you and your family can get out of here. <laughs> you earned that ice cream. Get out of here. <laughs> Have a good night. All right. Uh, on to routine business review of agenda. Agenda looks okay to everyone. Okay. Payment of bills, Mr. McNeil. Bills are in order. Payroll is in order. Next, we have our Franklin High School student reps here to update us on the comings and goings. Yeah, awesome. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ahan Shetty. I'm the class president for the class of 2024. Um, last week, student government hosted an awesome homecoming dance on Friday. Um, it was a lot of fun. I was there. Sid was there. Um, additionally, this week, Connect for, Connect for Cancer is running an event in honor of Nick Gasper, including a full 18-hole mini golf course in the FHS gym on October 14th from 11 to 2 p.m. Uh, the event's open to public, so you can bring anyone you want. And Connect for Cancer is looking for volunteers, so contact the officers if you'd like to volunteer at the event. Tickets for FHS, theaters, um, FHS Theater Company's Legally Blonde is now for sale. The performances are on November 17th, 18th, and 19th. Also, the class of 2026 is hosting a Panera Bread fundraiser during the half day on October 18th. Um, and be sure to show your flyer at your purchase at Panera. 
Uh, Ski Club has its first meeting on October 19th, so I guess it's getting cold. <laughs> and um, the payment portal for AP exams will be open from October 16th through November 1st. Hey everyone, I'm Sid and I'm the class of 2024 vice president. Um, to give some updates about the sports at the high school, um, all of the teams are deep within the seasons and, and playoffs for every sport will start in about a month. Um, today, boys and girls cross country teams took home a win. Um, they finished their regular season 5-0 and undefeated and now they both look to the Hawkmoth Championships, which will be in two weeks on October 28th. Um, girls Volleyball is currently hosting the Jake Pink game. Um, this is where they honor breast cancer and show support for breast cancer um, by going all out in pink. And they're right now playing at the high school. Um, girls in so girls Soccer and Field Hockey are also playing right now at, against Milford. Um, and our football team earned an electric win last week for their homecoming game over Taunton. Um, they won 28-27, to 27, winning the game on their final play, which was a lot of fun to watch. Um, as for some news about Class of 2024 and 25, senior quotes are due November 1st for Class of 2024. And college meetings are being held at the high school where we're represented from uh, various colleges throughout the state and nation. Come to our high school and talk a little bit about what the college is about. If students want some more information about that, um, they can look on. They can contact the guidance counselor or look on Naviance for registration for these um, college meetings. As for the class of 2025, um, they have their prom venue booked for May 3rd, 2024, at Lakeview Pavilion. Um, PSATs will be held this Saturday at the high school. Um, registration is now closed, but um, anybody taking that should look out for information about where to go and what they need to bring. And a prom committee has been formed to help. Um, set up and decorate the prom. So if any students are interested in joining that, uh, yeah, take the opportunity to join it. Thank you, guys. Anyone have any questions, comments? Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. You guys can also get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to miss it, Lucas. I am. <laughs> have a good one. All right, next we have our superintendent's report. Okay. Good evening, everyone. I have uh, five announcements to make tonight. So our Thanksgiving game update, this is just a reminder to our community that our Franklin High School football team will be playing the Thanksgiving game at Fenway Park on November 21st against King Philip, and that will be at 7.30. General admission tickets are available and can be purchased through the Red Sox website. It's www.redsox.com slash highschoolfootball. And the tickets are $20 a piece, and wanted to just share that as a reminder. Second piece for professional development, uh, there was an early release. Uh, there isn't. There will be an early release day on Wednesday, October 18th, and educators will collaborate with grade level and course colleagues. Together, groups will focus on data analysis and curriculum implementation and development. Additionally, the PD committee is meeting regularly to plan for the November 7th PD day, which is a full day PD. It's also typically an election day. And this group's next meeting is on Wednesday, October 11th, where they will focus on identifying collaborative opportunities for staff on that day. Migrant housing update, as we previously shared with our community, the town of Franklin is one of the communities that families have been placed in a Franklin hotel as long-term temporary housing. Uh, this is being done on a staggered basis, and we anticipate by the end of this week that we'll have approximately 40, over 40 school-age children enrolled across all levels. 
as we do with any student who enrolls in our schools, we need to protect the privacy of those students, but they will um, be uh, distributed across levels. And uh, we continue to work with our town department and community organizations and attend weekly meetings as a, as a leadership team on behalf of schools with other departments. Uh, we are collaborating with state agencies as well, which include the Department of um, Elementary and Secondary Ed, to ensure that we are prepared for new students that may join us this year. And uh, as a public school district, we're responsible for providing educational services for all children in our community, regardless of their background and circumstances. And the state is to provide funding assistance to, funding assistance to districts uh, based on the number of students who are enrolled in any particular district or community. Excuse me. I have a hiring update for you as well. Um, I sent it electronically um, this evening, but I'll just share a brief highlight. As of October 10th, we have uh, a few positions still open within the district. You may have noticed after uh, our last meeting, we sent out a direct email to families just to try to promote some of those opportunities. The uh, positions that are left, we have one special education position at the elementary level. We have seven uh, ESP positions across schools. There's one position for an administrator, it's the AP of Student Services at Keller, and there's one interventionist position. Um, I will say that as of October 10th, we've hired uh, 109 employees for the 23-24 school year, uh, just to give you a heads up on that staffing update. As we move forward, uh, Joint Budget Subcommittee will, as a reminder, they will meet tomorrow at 5.30, and this is a follow-up to the last meeting which occurred in August uh, to provide a budget update. So representatives from your school committee budget subcommittee participate in this meeting along with uh, Dr. Dutch and myself and uh, along with representatives from the finance committee and the town council. So during the meeting, we plan to share on behalf of the school's information related to um, a brief review of FY23, where we are with FY24, and uh, if we funded with the current services, what would that look like as we move forward into FY25, which were all part of a conversation we had, we began on the joint, but the, the budget subcommittee meeting date. In addition, um, we've added some additional pieces that we'll share with um, all of you um, tomorrow at some point early in the, earlier in the, um, in the day uh, as we wrap up and try to finalize some pieces around reductions and, and reallocations that have occurred throughout time but then also where do we aspire to be educationally and try to provide, uh, begin that conversation to talk through some of the things. So um, that concludes my report and I'm happy to answer any questions on any topic. Anyone have any questions? Just um, thanks for the update. And especially to the staffing update, uh, it's, it's been incredibly informative to kind of get it uh, in this kind of structure, to be able to see it in a historical uh, data. I really appreciate that. Uh, regarding the migrant housing, I've heard some of the numbers that the state has talked about in terms of the funding. Um, has has the state given a, a timeline for when we can expect some of that funding to, to start to come through? We've heard quarterly disbursements. Um, we haven't confirmed anything directly in Franklin from the state on that, but what they've shared out is um, uh, per pupil uh, basically a, a student count, but then also an enrollment per day. And the details of that, we have to apply through the systems that are in place through the state. We know Mrs. Morano um, and Dr. Dutch and Dr. Rogers were all um, participating to help us with that. They uh, said that basically some of, those, some of those payments are meant to be done in, in disbursements. We just haven't received a hard deadline on when those are. 
Okay, but at least there are kind of those quarterly. It's supposed to be broken up quarterly is what I've heard verbally from the DESE contact that we have. Okay. And I can share more information when we know. Yeah, certainly. That'll be great. I know that there was a lot of question marks in the beginning uh, around that. So just as you know, as we start to get a bit more clarity on that, any updates would be fantastic. So I appreciate that. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you very much uh, for the update. Appreciate that. Um, and also on the, the migrant housing topic, just like overall, how has that been going in terms of the educational services we've been providing to these children? Like how I'm, I'm sure it's an adjustment for us on the administrative side as well as our teachers so just like couldn't i mean and of course without getting into any information sure. it's confidential how smoothly has that been going and um also uh, regarding that kind of a second question um how have the um, esl resources that we have currently um been holding up and being able to adapt and adequately provide that for the children's needs i'll probably share in the response but i can just say <clears throat> from a district level um, when we started the year off and kicked this off, um, we weren't told until the weekend before school started that we would be receiving. So we had, we, as you all know, um, had a plan in place for how we would kind of tackle this year and kind of move forward as a district. So when that information came, everybody's jumped in, but certainly um, we've had to really prioritize getting kids enrolled, working to also keep moving forward with the initiatives that we've committed to throughout our district, which include any student who joins our system as well. So th that, that's the piece there um, around um, enrollment, but people have worked really hard to, to get all the work done across the board, whether it's um, related to goals that we have across the district, working with our staff. Uh, it's certainly when you um, incorporate any um, amount of new students who transfer, whether it's through um, homes purchases or rentals, or in this case, through emergency housing, you're adding um, new students that you didn't know about Prior to, prior to the school year starting. So you make adjustments and um, I don't wanna um, say that it's not something that we've had to, to really work through with our teachers, with our staff. And I think the folks in Franklin, I know that the educators that we have are really here for kids and um, whoever's enrolled and walking through those doors, our educators are gonna work really, really hard to make sure that everyone gets the education they deserve and they need. And I think that's been um, something that's been occurring. I'll kick it over to sure. Tina or Paula sure. to share as well. So I would just say that we're keeping a close eye on uh, student enrollment and student needs. Um, just as with any student that registers for schools, we go through appropriate screening processes and receive records so that we understand the needs of the students and then are, are working to support those students' needs based on the information that we're gathering. So we are keeping a close eye on ensuring that there's curriculum resources available for students and teachers and that we have the appropriate staff in place. Um, and we will continue to monitor that monitor that over time um, if there's needs to add additional staff or purchase new materials, we do so. Thank you all. Okay, all right. Thank you very much. Uh, moving right along, guest presentations, ECDC School Improvement Plan. So in context, just as you recall, we had our elementary, middle, and high school admin teams present the school improvement plans. And we have tonight, Mr. Bur Andrew Burnaby is here. He's the principal of our Early Childhood Development Center, and he's here to present the school improvement plan for ECDC. Uh, as you know, from our new staff hire uh, introductory 
night that we had for one of our school committees, Andrew's joining us um, from Marlboro, where he served as the director of early childhood. And we're excited to have him on board. And I think giving him some time to uh, uh, transition and get um, get a sense of what ECDC is like, I think was a real benefit. And we're happy to have him on board. So I'll kick it over to you, Andy, to um, present right. and share your plans. Well, thank you, everybody, for having me. And um, thank you for the introduction, too. Very nice. Um, I've been on board since August 7th, and really what I've been trying to do is learn how Franklin kind of works. Um, having been in one spot for a long time, you get very comfortable and you know everything, and the biggest issue for me was not knowing all the players, I think. I went from being the guy who knew all that to like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who to ask this question to. So I do appreciate the time. Um, it's been very helpful. And then... I do want to just credit the staff at the ECDC for being extremely helpful to me. Uh, basically every single one there has helped me at some point in time with something. Um, so I just want to publicly thank them for that as well. Um, so to get into the school improvement plan, uh, you guys have reviewed it. It is very consistent with the elementary plan. That was a goal like we wanted to keep. We can't align everything at this level with elementary. Obviously things will be different, but a goal not only with this, but curriculum-wise in general, is trying to align what the goals of elementary are and to try to really get the kids at ECDC ready for that experience when they transition from our school to whatever elementary school they're going to go to. Um, so I don't know how you guys want to do this. I guess I can just pinpoint some things that I really am focusing on. Um, the first one would be the first objective, support the social-emotional well-being of students and staff. Obviously, that's very important. Um, so one of the action steps we have is to use the EDECA. I'm not sure if people are familiar with that. I've used it before in other districts. It's a really good tool um, for early childhood. It really looks at resiliency in children, and it gives feedback to teachers after it's done when they get information on the child. So the teacher will fill that out after, I want to say it's six weeks at least, and the family fills it out as well. Um, I want to bring this in as part of our everyday type of curriculum at the ECDC, not just for an evaluation tool, because I think it'd be very helpful to have as a tier one instruction um, and then grow it from there as needed. Uh, so that was something I wanted to point out. Um, let's see. So we, we have a new curriculum at the ECDC. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. So we, we're focusing on that in this plan as well and, and also focusing with the curriculum instruction within the district. How can we focus on what we bought but also expand on that social emotionally and also look at the literacy aspect and math aspect. So since the curriculum is new, um, there was a committee last year that was focusing on that and Everyone now, like a lot of our professional development at ECDC this year will be focused on learning that curriculum inside and out, knowing the themes, the units, the weeks, the pacing, um, and talking to the curriculum people. The pacing is really something that we want to focus on. Some of our classrooms have older kids in it. Some of them may have more younger students in it. Some of them may be half day. Some of them may be here most of the day. So if you're here for most of the day, you can do a little bit more with some of it, if you're here in a condensed half hour schedule, not half hour, two and a half hour, you have to kind of focus that pacing a little differently to get other things in. 
So that's really what we're talking about. Um, and after meeting with some of the teachers about that, that's the feedback they gave me is they would really like that time on our half PD days and other days to, to work on that because when they're trying to do it on their PLCs, it's really time consuming. Um, so that's a big part of this as well. And UDL is something that the district's focusing on. So we're gonna obviously focus on that too. Our biggest challenge with that is how does that look at an early childhood level? I think it's a little more clear when you're talking about that at elementary or secondary, but not always clear with us. So some of the discussions we've already had is a lot of what we're talking about with UDL is best practices at our level. And the same with MTSS, like putting in those, if you come into a classroom at ECDC, you're going to see visuals all over the place. You're going to see schedules all over the place. Those would be considered tier one type of instruction at our level. Um, and then you might see more individually based on a child's IEP after that, or maybe after going over um, in the SST meetings, we might develop more tier two or tier three strategies. So that's something I think you would see if you came in a classroom. And really on number four, strengthening community partnerships. Most of this came out of my entry plan that I gave to the superintendent. Um, I really focus on community and not knowing the community, I wanted to kind of get myself out there as much as I could. So we have contacted Criterion Early Intervention. That's the intervention group that we work with. Um, I'm going to be meeting with them just to introduce myself and really establish those relationships because that's a really key component for us at this level. We have so many referrals every year, but sometimes we're not always on the same page with early intervention, so we really want to focus that we are. So any transition for those children is a smooth one. Um, uh, contact the area SMOC and Head Start, so we've established that as well, and we'll be meeting with them. Um, have sent things out to local daycares and preschools, not only as part of child find at early childhood level, but also, again, to establish relationships. If we have children who are coming to us for part of the day or going there. Um, the public library and I have met numerous times, and we actually spoke again today. We're going to have different school events there at night if we can. One of the challenges I... I'll be honest, when I came on board and did the tour with the school, it's beautiful, but then I realized we don't have a whole lot of additional space, like to even have community events or anything. So one of the things that I wanted to do is how can I partner up with people in the town to do that? So the library is one of them. Um, further down number six, I'll go back to number five, but the senior center is right up the hill from us. So we will be working with them on different things that we can do. Some of the seniors have come down and already volunteered, and they'll be doing more things with us as we go forward. So that is literally right next to us. So if they have a space that they uh, would be willing to let us use for a community event during the day, that would be great. Um, I want to really get in touch with Dean College. They're right around the corner as well, and see if there's any f relationship that we can build with their program in early childhood. I think it's a good fit with them being right in town. And hopefully we can get some staff when some of the, the people graduate. So um, in partner with Franklin High, which I met with them last week, we're going to be having some students come over um, who are taking the early childhood education course. And they'll be coming over for parts of the day just to volunteer, to do different things. And what will they do? I think we'll grow as we go on with this. But um, I had a similar program where I was through Quinn Sigmund Community College in Worcester 
and they got early college credit for it. So that is something I'd like to look at down the line, as it says there. We're not there yet. Um, that took a while to get that program up and running where I was, but that's something that I'd like to see here. I think that'd be very beneficial for Franklin High School students. Also, our building and our staff, um, where I was last year, I had seven children, seven high schoolers consistently coming. They all worked the summer extended school year program, and four of them are majoring in education. So it was really fun, and two of them were, were male, which, as we know, I'm the only, well, you may not know, I'm the only male in the whole school. So <laughs> it's good to have uh, that male figure. Like, I think even in Franklin, the kids have been very drawn to me just because of that. Um, and having s some of the high school males do that course last year was really, really great. Um, so I really want to try to push that if we can. Um, I'm going fast here. I think I went through the, the high points that I kind of wanted to celebrate. I know that you did send me some questions. I don't know if you want to ask them or if you just want me to dive into them or want to ask them out loud to everybody. We can, we can go down the line. Okay. That works. Camille, questions, comments? I just, I got verklempt, like, reading about the community. Ugh. I just have this fantasy of like kids and older people and high schoolers and little kids and so much of modern world today is siloed by, you know, just kids doing activities with only their peers. And it just, it just excites me about all these um, community outreach um, goals. So kudos to you for identifying some of them and I can't wait to see them develop. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Dave? Yeah, that was, uh, I, I loved uh, seeing that as well. Just all the, the community partnerships is fantastic. That got me the most excited kind of reading through this. Uh, so um, kudos, I'm really excited about what's gonna go forward. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just one clarification piece. Um, the curriculum you're referring to, was that the pre-K on my way curriculum? Yes. Okay, thank you. And can you speak to a little bit about that? Like what's Sure. So it's, it covers all areas. Um, it has different aspects to it. So it's got uh, cognitive areas, fine and gross motor, things that it'll work on, like writing, early literacy. It has some social-emotional. Um, we're also exploring, trying to, like we piloted foundations at ECDC last year. Um, I had used it in my previous district for a few years. So really, really great data based on that and the feedback from kindergarten teachers about our students was very good because um, they used that right away in kindergarten in my previous district. So um, I'd like to explore that more. I think I had in here, it was two classes last year. I'd like to see if I can expand that to four. Um, but I also want to be realistic about some of these new initiatives and different things, asking teachers to do too much. Um, I want to be mindful of that and not overwhelm them. So, um, and also looking, as I said earlier, some of the kids are mixed age. So when's the right time to implement some of that with the children? What, you know, is it more with some of the older kids? Those are things that we're all looking at too. But the curriculum, we started it after about week two, um, just to kind of get the kids settled in the routine before we threw that at them. And it's going along very well. They're taking it fine. Um, it's not overwhelming for them. Like I said earlier, I think what we're working on as a group is the pacing 
and how does it look for the kids who are here half day as opposed to the kids who are here long um, it was the same issue where I was before it's just more challenging to get all of that in so we're really focusing on what we feel is a must do for everyone and then going from there no, and that sounds great I appreciate the, the thoughtful approach and it's not just being mindful of the students but it's also the teachers and making sure that they're brought along as well and everybody's set up for success mm -hmm. um look, i'm hoping to hear what our you know elementary school kindergartners say down the road hey how better prepared these students are coming in versus previous year so so looking forward to the the completion of this and seeing what the results are um the second question i had you mentioned space um are, are the events that you have are they only during the day or do you have an evening events? um to my knowledge, they were during the day. I don't know if there were too many in the evening. Um, and I know at the end of the year, there's a big field, like a big field day celebration party, like where, so there's no like graduation. It's that's like the big end of the year thing. That's usually outside from what I've been told. And when they did have community events that the PCC might have sponsored, it would be outside if they could do it. Uh, but then you have to bank on weather and everything else. So. Um, I was spoiled where I was. I did have a very large, the school committee room was in my school. So we used that during the day for all the events. It was not as nice as this one, but um, it was open. Yeah, so we used that in my old school as a cafeteria, as a place we would have that, have the parents come and do different things. So we had that space and the school is so nice. I was shocked that there wasn't like one spot for that. So I'm working on that. But <laughs> great, thank you. No, appreciate the, the work we put into this and right. for how the year progresses. Thank you. Thank you very much for um, giving us all this information. Um, I, like my colleagues, was also very um, encouraged and excited to see just the initiative you're taking in terms of the community engagement and the relationship building with um, different organizations around town. And I, I think, you know, I mean, particularly. Uh, the idea of integrating Franklin High students who are participating in the early childhood education courses and having them you know, be able to come in and you know eventually also for you know, potential college credit, I think that's um, absolutely wonderful. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that, and please keep us updated. Um, I did have a couple questions. And, um, first one you you sort of touched upon, so I, you know, if, if you wouldn't mind please expanding on that. So kind of given the like the special education needs of many of our students and, and their age um, and their younger age, what does the process look like for developing the multi-tiered system to support and the and the UDL systems? And like, does it does it look different? Um, what what what's the thought process that goes into making sure that you know this particular student population that their needs are met? And yeah, you know, how does that differ from the the other levels? If you could speak mm -hmm. to that. So it does look different. Um, but it's not necessarily delivered in a different way, if that makes sense. So some people that aren't familiar with early childhood might walk in and not understand that there might be some tiered instruction going on right away, as opposed to if you're at an older level, you may walk in and see different leveled groups or different things being done with that. Um, with us at our level, like I had mentioned earlier, there's visuals involved, which would be like a tier one instruction for a child who may be learning English or a child who is uh, on a speech and language delay or an IEP for that. Um, they would have more individualized pictures or visuals, but our whole group gets it no matter what. Um, it's part of their daily schedule. The teachers have it on their lanyards. I don't have my lanyard on. But they usually do when they have pictures just for everybody. You know, like, remember, we're sitting, we're sitting in circle. And that child may not be 
on an IEP or may not have any special needs at all, but that every child's getting that same visual, that same instruction. Um, where you may see that differently is when we have an SST on a child where the whole team gets together and says, okay, like we just started having some because it's been about six weeks. And we're like, you know, Andy's not responding to some of these things that we're doing. Like most of the other kids are getting them, but we're not. So what's some strategies we can use with Andy to make sure that he's going to get to be able to sit through morning circle, to be able to get everything out of what we're trying to do with the new curriculum. So that's when the OT might say, well, is he squirming? Is he not sitting? Like maybe we can try a cushion or something like that. Or have you tried to take him on a movement break right before we're gonna sit down for a long period of time? Like those will be where the next type of steps come other than what we have in class. And then we may say four to six weeks later, we're gonna take some data on that, come back and look at it. How's he doing? Did his time increase? Did it decrease? Was it too much? You know, and then try different suggestions. At that point, we may look at the IEP if the child has one and add to it, or if they don't have one, may say, all right, we want to go forward with a referral because we've tried all these tier instructions. And, you know, we got some success, but not where we want to be. So we may go forward with an evaluation at that point. Um, so that's, those are the types of things that where it would look different, I think, having been in elementary and a little bit at secondary. It's, it's a little more clear when you walk in a room seeing different interventions that might be done academically. With us, our focus is really more on social and play through learning. So it's literally that turn taking. Like today I was in a classroom and you could see like a child really, you know, was showing signs, antecedents that they were going to probably knock it over or just grab it from the child. The ESP went over, used the visuals, like did a little like the child has some sensory issues, rubbed their back a little bit, the child calmed down, used their words, and ended up having a turn-taking experience with another child. So those are the types of interventions based off of MTSS that you would see with us that may look, and it doesn't always look different, but those are the types of little things that we're focusing on because that's really what we're teaching at this at that point you know that that room the child was three years old um and you could just kind of see today when i was in there like if the esp didn't go over and intervene there would probably would have been you know something that happened a confrontation or something so yeah. does that uh, it, help it, it does thank you that sounds like it's very like this early intervention work is really extremely beneficial for um just childhood development and then that probably has a ripple effect throughout their their school career. I don't know if you can speak to that a little bit more in terms so, of So yeah, I, data has shown that if you can get the early instruction now through either MTSS or UDL, that literacy will increase. Uh, phonemic awareness increases. Um, when it comes to behavior, the data is overwhelming. People find this surprising, but most preschool, like there's a high rate of preschool, male preschool, who kids that get kicked out. Mm. Not in a program like ours, but in say like a, a private town one or something like that. It's much higher uh, and that can lead to issues down the road for them behaviorally because then they have bad experiences at school. Um, you know, when I was a teacher, I had more challenging students and just, I remember some of the younger ones like, you're not gonna do this or you're not going to like send me off to timeout or do this. It's like. We're going to work with you and teach you how to get through some of this stuff. And if you can do that, the educational piece, the academic piece will pick up because they're in class more. 
they're learning with their peers. You know, data also shows taking kids out of class for numerous different things isn't always the answer either. So you want to try to keep them in from an early age as opposed to taking them out for different behaviors. I think that's, that's really beneficial. And to feedback on that, Paul, I'm going to put you on the spot if you don't mind. Because I, I know we've had some both increasing enrollment and staffing challenges um, at ECDC. And so maybe could you speak to in terms of the hiring we've done there and the enrollment trends and how the hiring of these positions is, it seems like it's a real investment in the you know, futures of these students and really has a genuine impact not only on the rest of their school career, but in the, the rest of their lives potentially. Absolutely. So yes, at, you know, as you know, we've increased class, we've added classes last year, I believe we added Gosh, it's such a blur. I think two we added two last year and another one this year. Um, right now, we're, our classroom sizes are, are stable at the moment, but it's only October 10th. Um, but we have hired for all the open vacancies that we've had at ECDC, so we're very fortunate. We just, I think, filled our last vacancy last week. Um, so yes, and as you said, so if we're providing these services, both special ed services as well as early intervention, as Andy spoke to, um, it's going to set our students up for success. Um, you know, hopefully if we provide them the special ed services and supports that they need early on, then they won't need as many supports. They'll, you know, increase their, um, their skills, decrease the gaps, and then, you know, we require less services as we, you know, they continue throughout um, the grade levels. So um, it is, it's a cost benefit. It, it absolutely is a benefit to put a lot of our um, resources into the early education. Plus, it's the law. We have to, <laughs> but, but it, it is a benefit to do that. Oh, excellent. I mean, that's, it really does sound like a, like as you're describing, a true investment. The more we put into these students earlier on, the, well, as you're saying, the less money we're spending just later on down the line. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, thank you for that. And uh, thank you for you know, the work that you're doing. We look forward to hearing more and more about it um, as it continues. And um, one, one more question. You mentioned the, the eDECA and the, the data collection and screening. Um, so how does, how does that look like at ECDC compared to, to other levels? And now we talk about panorama to other levels. So does, are, are those very comparable, not very comparable? Um, I've, I've had experience with panorama, panorama in the past. Um, I didn't think it was really comparable just because this really looks at just early childhood students in general, and it's really focusing on um, social emotional aspects of that at that level so comparable to the older kids I don't I don't I wouldn't think it is but I, I could be off on that but it's really is such an early childhood focused program that it it really is kind of just in that um, under that umbrella okay um, and is it collecting similar data though in terms of it's collecting similar data to the DASA, which okay. is the social emotional screening that we're, we're doing at the elementary level. Gotcha. So it kind of feeds into that. It's looking at the core comp, the five core, the core competencies yeah. um, as well. So and it's very similar application. So it's a very similar administration where it's a, it's a teacher survey. So both are teacher surveys. Um, whereas Panorama is a student takes the survey. Obviously, we wouldn't give that to our early childhood students. So. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you Um Yeah, and just one thing I remember about the eDECA that I was impressed with hearing is that they have family resources, mm -hmm. like yes. photocopies mm -hmm. and yep. amazing mm -hmm. one cheek one pager. I remember um, seeing a couple of those and being really impressed. Yes. So that's just an added bonus. Mm -hmm. I'm not needing to recreate the wheel. Um, 
So thank you for this and glad it, it, it feels like you've got your feet under you already um, or you're giving that impression and we appreciate that. <laughs> the, the plan looks great. Um, it looks awesome. And I think at the, the meeting last time I was um, talking to the building administrators and sort of um, welcoming the new folks and saying how um, a new perspective is always valuable. Like just, just you saying, wait a minute, there's not a room where we could have events. Like we just sort of we're like, oh, this is our space. This is how we do events, you know? And so it's so good to have a, a new perspective that's asking these questions. And, um, you know, that sort of like enables you and others to be creative and um, think out of the box a little bit more. Um, I didn't, wouldn't even think about the library and the senior center and same Camille. I was like, it's just, it's a dream to have, you know, anyways. Um, so I wanted to, let me think, I wanted to commend you for listening to your staff um, who are asking for more PD to uh, focus on learning the curriculum. And I feel like that's so important, um, especially coming in. They, 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 they know everybody wants to do a good job. They know what they need to do a good job. They ask you and you give it to them. And that's, you know, um, a big, a big first step. Um, okay. And so I guess, I guess the thing, the thing about, um, preschool that's tricky um, or different is that we don't know enrollment. So like we know enrollment for first grade, we know enrollment for seventh grade, or we can at least predict the, like a pretty close ballpark. We can get the forecast from McKibben. Um, we can sort of have an idea of like if the schools are gonna get bigger in the next five years or smaller and make sort of space or budgetary changes in response and preschool is different because we have you know by law we have to educate um students with a disability by the time they turn three and so we don't always know who those kids are and and when they're coming and what needs they have and so when you were talking about the connections with early intervention like i just was so excited and um grateful for that because really like that's not just like getting to know people in town that's not just like having coffee and mm -hmm. you know like networking that's like building relationships and connections with these people that know these kids so early intervention they work with kids from birth to eight up till age three so they know these kids they know if it's like whoa heads up you know you're going to need a lot more support for this kiddo on their birthday you know in december or like they know more than just the names on a piece of paper. So sometimes like a, a preschool principal will get a, you know, a list of names and birthdays and sort of know like, okay, we need to plan to have this many kids in this room at this, by this month or whatever. But um, you don't always know the needs or the complexities of needs. And I think that's so important to have those open lines of communication. So really getting to know these people and having like just open conversations about um, kids needs coming down the pike. Um, and the other thing is, is you don't always know far in advance who's coming and when they're coming. And so like to try and maximize that as much as possible is always just good for, for planning because, um, you know, it happens on a, on a rolling basis. So if they have a birthday in August or September, then that's starting off the school year. But if they have a birthday in May, when all the classrooms are filled, then we still have to bring them into the preschool. And if they need, you know, one-to-one -one support or specialized adaptive equipment or something like, we still have to bring them into the preschool. That's the law mm -hmm. and our moral obligation. So I think like, like that, the the rolling enrollment and the not knowing who's coming are are like unknowns in preschool. And I think like it's just something to keep in mind for you know when when we start hearing budgetary stuff about ECDC in the future, like like 
they need to plan their numbers based on who's coming in their door. And we don't always know that. Um, so I'll be interested actually to see what McKibben, if he yes. has any secrets and, you know, predicting yes. that. But really, like, you don't, you can't know more than three years because they're not even born yet. You know what I mean? Like, we can't really predict 20 years. Anyways, it's pretty fascinating. Um, the other thing is space. So as you mentioned, and as we know, ECDC, there's not a lot of space there, mm -hmm. <laughs> extra space, free space, um, space with what you have. And so we're, um, we've started uh, looking at the, the space needs um, and are going to be doing more with that. And so um, I guess that's just sort of like a note that um, we're glad to have different perspectives and looking forward to working with ECDC and having some kind of senior center, preschool, high school mesh up where everybody works together. <laughs> um, that would be great. So I appreciate your work going into this plan and it all looks um, consistent, but definitely customized to the preschool. And thanks for your work so far. Thank you. Can I comment a little? Sure. On what you said? So, yeah. um, and being in this role for many years, a lot of what you just said were problems that we had to deal with. And again, just trying to think of like, instead of saying we don't know what's going to happen, how can we make it better? So one approach was when we would get a referral from EI, we would use some of the time where we don't have all of our students in front of us and have the children come in and just play in a classroom with us. Um, because w what a lot of people don't know about that transition is they may come in one time for an evaluation and a two-year, 10-month kid is not going to want to leave their parents in a place they've never been before with a person they've never seen before a lot of times. So the idea of that was we get the referral, we bring them in, we just play, have relationships, they get to know the staff. Then two months later, they get their eval. And I have found in my previous district that we had less students qualifying for special ed based on doing that program. Um, it does work and it minimizes that from happening. Um, and also with the spacing, if you just find a way to do it, people will enroll. Um, and if you offer different programming, one of the things I'm looking at is what does the community of Franklin want? Like that's number one. And then can we provide what they're looking for? Are they looking for longer days? Are they looking for shorter days? Are they look like what options do they want? That's something that I've done in the past with my work on expanding or growing the school. And I think that really will give you your answer long term. And then you got to find out what can we provide? What can we do? Because the space issue is the space. You, there's not a whole lot we can do. But getting that feedback from families, all right, with the space you have, this is what I'm looking for. Um, because that's important. I am hearing from some parents like, I'd love to have a longer day or some say no I want more shorter like so they're saying both you know but I want to find out what would be best for everybody because right now our options are somewhat limited in, in both so are you I guess I have a follow-up question to that are you enrolling um, like com enough community peers I know sometimes in places if the hours aren't exactly what the families want then they're yeah. like oh no because we can go there for a longer day at cheaper prices or whatever I've heard that yes. yeah um, are they? Do you have a, a good number of community peers? Yes, we do right now. Uh, our, as of this morning, I want to say when I looked at Aspen, it was 157 enrolled. Um, we always need more in the afternoon, it seems like. Uh, every young child transitioning would, well, not everyone, but most of them seem to want, and the families want the morning session. So that that's the challenge is always getting um, 
the, the peers and the gen ed students in the afternoon. Um, and then like you mentioned, just people looking for different different hours and different things. So that's something that we're gonna look at as a, as a staff. We'll target some PD days around that with the idea of not diving into anything right now, but like trying to find out what could we do with what we have to provide more. Mm -hmm. Because that's probably gonna be what we have to do. Right, very true. So if any community people listening have a, a kiddo that doesn't nap in the afternoon and <laughs> want a break, ECBC has openings, potentially. Good point. Right, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for the presentation. And uh, um, echo my comments to the fellow school committee members. And I uh, just wanted to say my, uh, all three of my kids went through ECDC, two of them be on the spectrum, one of them is like the sibling sort of thing where they're allowed to uh, come in as a, you know, as a twin. Uh, but anyways, I, I think it's a great resource that we have and, and uh, it's really been a tremendous help uh, for, for our family and for the community too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I guess next yes. is just, right. just right. you can also go get ice cream. <laughs> oh, I, can, I have to go to my PCP meeting right now. So uh, no no yeah. ice cream for me. Yeah, no ice cream. Unless for you. they have some waiting. Yes. They, they, watch they may. They may. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. Just to, through the chair, just one, one more uh, piece of information I would share is uh, Andy talked about listening and trying to engage with staff and learn about ECDC. A staff member, our, the school nurse, um, proposed an idea around, is there an opportunity to provide lunch for students who are there for the duration? And that's not something we've previously done. Um, it was proposed. We uh, met with Andy, with Colin, um, tried to bring uh, folks to the table to learn more about that. And since that, that was kind of a grassroots just observation. And through the work of, of Colin, our uh, food service director, and Andy, and um, other folks that were involved were able to provide um, lunches after surveying families and figuring out when he talked about trying to figure out what's the need it's it's really about trying to figure out what are the needs and if that's something that would be a service that we could provide and um, they're able to do so from the from the um, complex kitchen okay yeah so just wanted to share that as another example yeah I guess a follow-up question to that does the lunches for those students get covered in the free lunches for other students as well? Yes, thank you. Yeah, it does. Good question. Yeah, I, I know, like, the number if they want to know. Sure. 70, 70 fam, around 72 families said yes. So wow. when we met, yeah. we weren't thinking it would be that many. Yeah. Right away, but it was a lot. Oh, my God. Not to have to pack a lunch. Yeah, that's right. 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 Yeah, I know. And the kids are eating it. Good. For the moment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, okay. Thank you, Mr. Jagir. Right. Uh, moving along, discussion action items. Okay, for discussion action, I recommend approval of the ECDC school improvement plan as presented. All right. Do we have a motion to approve the ECDC school improvement plan as detailed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. All right. Discussion questions? All right, seeing none, but we'll come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, motion carries. Mr. Jagir. Okay, uh, the next is for establishing accounts for activities. I recommend the approval of establishing activity accounts for the purpose of fundraising for the following current clubs that are in existence, Model UN, Southeast Asian Club, and the Board and Games Club as discussed. 
Okay. These are high school clubs that occur after school. Okay. Is there a motion to approve the activity accounts as detailed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. All right. Discussion questions. See none. Um, oh, yes. Um, do do these clubs currently not have an activity account? So no. So each year, uh, depending on the mission of the club or what's happening, um, some clubs that currently exist you've approved in the past. These just did not have accounts. So per the uh, per the regs, the school committee needs to approve uh, the creation of an account for any club that doesn't currently have one. Gotcha. So yeah. it's just creation. So once we approve it once, it's not like every year right. they have to come back. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. All right. Thank you. Yep, good question. All right, vote will come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, motion carries. Okay. Uh, final uh, discussion action item MASC, Massachusetts Association of School Committee uh, Members, delegation nomination. And I recommend nominating Mr. Al Charles to serve as the MASC delegate for the Franklin School Committee as discussed. Is there a motion to approve the nomination of Mr. Al Charles to serve as the MASC delegate as detailed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Discussion questions? Should I move myself? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you should feel comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that guy. <laughs> okay. We'll come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion carries. Discussion only items. None. Information matters. Superintendent evaluation, Elise. We are looking forward to reviewing the superintendent's goals at our next meeting. Yep. Budget, Mr. McNeil. Budget hasn't met since our last meeting. Our next meeting will be on October 24th at 6 p.m. As Lucas mentioned earlier tonight, the next meeting of the Joint Budget Subcommittee will be tomorrow night at 5.30 p.m. here in the Council Chambers. We'll be hearing an FY24 budget update from both the school and the town. Please come or tune in as these joint budget meetings will give us all important information regarding our fiscal outlook. Policy tape. Uh, we have not met since our last meeting, but we got uh, next week the 18th. Community relations, none on the calendar. We did have a successful Harvest Festival. Mm -hmm. Thank you to everyone for stopping at our booth. And thank you to everybody for volunteering and coming down. And I think it went great. So uh, joint PCCL. Uh, we have not met since our last meeting. Our next meeting is on Monday the 16th. Okay. Uh, school Wellness Advisory, Dave? Uh, yes, we met last Tuesday um, where we discussed our goals for the upcoming year. And our next meeting will be in December. And uh, December 5th, I believe. Okay. CPAC, please. Um, just a reminder, the CPAC's hosting a basic rights workshop Thursday the night October 19th at 7 p.m. They will also be holding parent meetups monthly and you can check out their Facebook page for details. Can I, can I do one thing for CPAC? Sure. I, well, I just saw something on like their social media oh, and I okay. thought today was appropriate because today is World Mental Health Day. Amazing. So Franklin CPAC and SAFE are co-sponsoring a seminar on mental health and suicide awareness for teens and tweens on Tuesday, December 5th, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And you can go to SAFE or CPAC to register. Thank you. And I was like, oh, this is good for right today. All right. Um, let's see. Mental Health and Wellbeing Task Force. We had our first meeting today, coincidentally, on Mental Health Wellness. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Awareness Day, um, where we discussed our goals um, for the coming year, for this year. And our next meeting is November 14th. Okay. All right. And DEI committee? The meeting will be October 26th. Perfect. All right, moving right along, consent agenda, Mr. Jahir. 
I recommend approval of the minutes from your September 26, 2023 meeting as detailed. I recommend acceptance of two checks totaling $1,466.27 from the JFK PCC as follows. $1,225 JFK PCC for field trips and $241.27 Christina Pomerico for supplemental supplies. I recommend acceptance of a check for $3,933.10 from the Parmenter PCC for supplemental supplies as detailed. Okay. Is there a motion to approve the consent agenda as detailed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Discussion questions? Right. Seeing none, vote will come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. Motion carries. Next. Oh, Dave, it's going to be the last one that I do with you. Good of the order in the school committee adopted rules and protocols. Item 26 states good of the order's purpose is to allow the members to speak about the functioning of the school committee with the intent of improvement. Would anyone have anything they'd like to discuss at this time? Camille, please. Um, Dave? It's going to look like a CVS receipt. <laughs> Given that uh, this is a, an ultimate uh, meeting uh, of, uh, of this term, the last good of the order, uh, I just wanted to say a uh, big thank you uh, to my colleagues, my friends, Camille, Megan, Elise, Denise. Um, you've all left an indelible mark on this community. Incredible work uh, that you've done over the multiple years uh, that you've all served. Um, I'm sure it will be something at a last meeting, but I'm also just as certain that you won't let me speak at that point. So I use this opportunity now to say thank you so much for everything that, that you've done for, for this community, uh, for my kids that are in uh, the fantastic schools uh, that we have here in Franklin. Really appreciate everything. Thank you. I feel bad for making fun of you. So there. Anyone else? Okay, <clears throat> citizens' comments. Citizen, um, are there any citizens in the audience, in person or online, who would like to make a comment on an item not on tonight's agenda and falls within the committee's purview? I'm not gonna cry. Okay. Just before, sorry, I have to read my little blurb. Um, in the spirit of open communication, the committee will hold a public participation segment, also called citizens' comments, about matters not related to an agenda item within the school committee's purview, such as the budget, performance of the superintendent, policies, etc. Comments are limited to three minutes and must be addressed to the committee. Citizens' comments segments are not debates or Q&A sessions. It is intended to offer citizens an opportunity to express their opinions on issues of school committee business within the school committee purview. The committee will listen to but not respond to any comment made. If you could state your name, address, and please keep within the three minutes. Good evening. My name is Sharon Bogray. I live at 50 Shady Lane. I recently moved here this summer from Medway, and I have three school-age children, and um, it hasn't been uh, what I expected it to be when I moved to Franklin, and so I've gotten involved in different levels too. Um, advocate for for some change and improvements so I reiterate a lot of what you guys are working for in the community and just want you to know that you have support 
and um, that I that I hope to be involved in making real change in Franklin so that it can be better for our young people to grow and develop and learn. So um, in all respects of education and their interests, I also appreciate what you guys do and let you know that there are others in the community that agree and are working for change as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else? Dr. Rogers, anyone? No. All right. Moving along, new business, Mr. Jagir. New business, it's uh, October 24th is our next meeting. I will share my goals um, with, uh, with the hope of approval um, from this committee. And it will be the last committee meeting for some of our members. And I don't want to get ahead of that meeting right now, um, but certainly um, I know we all echo um, what Dave shared. And I know we'll have more time to talk about that as we move forward on October 24th. So uh, with that said, those are the two major items. There are some other pieces that you'll see within the agenda as it shapes up. And, um, I also wanted to put um, out there that we're going to be discussing the resolutions that Mr. Charles will be voting on and the conference. So those will be on the agenda as well. Yes. Um, I do have them in words, so I'll send them to Dean. <laughs> um, all right. Next, we've got executive session. So we will be entering into executive session and not returning to open meeting pursuant to Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 30A, Section 21A3 for the purpose of discussing strategy as it relates to collective bargaining with the Franklin Cafeteria Union, as an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the bargaining position of the committee as declared by the chair. Is there a motion to enter into executive session as discussed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Vote will come on the motion. Roll call vote. Camille? Yep. Dave Callahan? Yep. Al Charles? Yes. Dan McHale? Yes. Elise Stokes? Yeah. Michael Whitmore? Yes. Denise Spencer? Yes. All right. Meeting is adjourned. See you again in two weeks. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.